Good morning. Um, my name is Butch McKenzie. I'm known by the folk around you as um, Mr. Butch. Some of you folk probably heard me uh, some time back, but um, I was asked to introduce myself in case somebody didn't know me. Um, are you guys good this morning? Wave at me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. Um, I, I had a challenge that I put out to the morning service that I felt the Lord laid on my heart as I was preparing to come and share this morning. And I felt like he, he said to me, um, tell them to read the red. How many of you have a red letter a Bible? Amen. Well, I felt like the Lord was saying, read the red. Read the red, okay? And um, I, I don't think it would take you too long, maybe, maybe a couple of hours, or uh, I don't know how fast you read. It would take me a little bit longer than that. Um, but then if... I would, I would really appreciate it if you gave the church some, back, uh, some feed, feedback on what you believe the Lord spoke to you when you read the red. Okay? Um, it would be very interesting to just see. I, I really believe the Lord's going to minister to you and speak to you. Uh, but those are the words of Jesus. Amen? So uh, uh, I would... I would uh, encourage you to do that as I would felt later the Lord to do it. Amen. Um, can we put that um, thing up on the board there? Over the uh, couple of last weeks, uh, Brandon's been sharing um, this transition that needs to take place. He said this is the present model, this is the pastoral model and um, You've heard all that, that that model can't offer. And this is the model that's biblical. You find it in Ephesians chapter 4, and you read about it. Now this, for this to be fulfilled, for this to come to pass, two things are needed. You read in Ephesians chapter 4, two things are needed. You need equippers. You need folk that are called of God to equip the saints. But then the saints, for that to be uh, come to come into uh, reality and and be working as the Lord designed it to be, the saints must become disciples. I called two pastors over this, just uh, one on Friday and one on, on um, yesterday, Saturday. One's in, just outside Macon, one's in, in uh, Dallas, Texas. And I asked them a simple question. I said, do you believe in the church today in which you've been involved in um, that they, that the folk that you are ministering to on the whole are disciples. It didn't take them very long. 
And they said, no. No, they're not disciples. They're believers and they, they're ardent and they're enthusiastic about the Lord, but they're not disciples in the true sense of the word. And I have felt that for, for some time. And part of the, uh, the failure of that comes back on the leadership of whatever given church. I'm not talking particularly about connection this morning, okay? All right? But uh, given any given, uh, given church, there's no true disciples as we would understand it from the word. And partly to, uh, to blame has been leadership in the church because they've adopted the wrong model and they've concentrated on membership, hello, <laughs> on membership and not on discipleship. Jessica, how are you? Good. Um, and it's, it's vitally important for us to be effective to become disciples of Christ. Amen? And I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger at anybody here this morning and say, you're not a disciple, okay? Holy Ghost will tell you whether you, whether you are truly a disciple or not. Okay? So don't say, oh, Butch McKenzie said this and this and this. No, no, no. I'm just giving you the word. All right? Is that okay? Somebody give me an amen. You remember, I need these amens. All right. So let's have a look at what the cost, because there's a cost to discipleship, folks. It's, it's uh, salvation's free. But discipleship costs. And God, Jesus is saying, he's going to build his church, but he needs disciples. Guess what? Ephesians 4 tells us that he's given these fivefold, this fivefold ministry, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, to equip the saints. So what, the, what were the saints meant to do? They meant to do the work of the ministry. Amen? You see, pastors aren't called to run around and... and change diapers and do stuff. They turn, they are called to yeah, shepherd the flock and make sure the ones that aren't feeding get fed. But sheep are producing sheep. Amen, not shepherds. So we want to get it right. We, we wanted this to get right because you know why? In the end, in the end, there's coming a day when the Lord will, we hope, will say, come thy good and faithful servant. What's a faithful servant? Somebody who's been faithful to do what Christ has called us to do. Amen? So let's have a look at this. If you've got your Bibles this morning, Father, we just want to go to uh, Matthew 16. Father, we want to thank you this morning for your word. Holy Spirit, I thank you, you do your work like, as you call and you, you choose, Father, 
and you distribute gifts as you choose. I thank you for ears to hear, hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 16, 24, it said, Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, three things. He must deny himself. He must take up his cross. And then he must follow me. Don't go do your thing. Hello? You end up, if you follow in Jesus, if you follow in the leader, you do what the leader wants you to do. Amen? So he says, you follow me. Now, as I read that verse, the Lord said to me, he said, you'll never pick up your cross until you deny yourself. Until you come to that place of self-denial. When you put in a way self, he said you won't have it in you to pick your cross up. And then he said if you, if you want to follow me, you can follow me. You cannot come after me and follow me if you're not carrying your cross, if you're not taking that cross up. What is the cross? Cross is death. The symbol of the cross is death. And what is the death that we must pay? We must pay the death to self. We've got to die to self and live for him. One thing I realized about a cross, when you're nailed to a cross, you can't look back. Can't look back. What did Jesus say about putting your hands to the plow? <laughs> you see, you can't look back because you're not going to plow proud. You're going to be like this all over the place. Amen. Now, folks, some of this might get heavy. I didn't write the book. <laughs> okay? I didn't write the book. I'm just sharing the book with you. You know why I share the book with you? And I mean this genuinely. Because I love you. And the love of God constrains me to tell you the truth. And you say, oh, Brother Butch, Mr. Butch, I know this stuff. And I'm sure you guys do. But the reward is in the doing. The reward is in the doing. Remember what James said about faith. He said, faith without works is dead. It's dead. Verse 25. He says, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What does the, uh, the Lord mean by losing your life for 
his sake, for doing what he wants, folks, for you walking in the kingdom and fulfilling your role in the kingdom. It's not about what you can do and what you can achieve in this world. And I'm not saying that you mustn't endeavor to to improve yourself and, and, and do better. But not, listen to me, not at the expense of your call in God. Because it's all going to count for nothing. There's nothing in this world you can take out with you. And we've got but a short time. And God wants us, if you read uh, Matthew 28 and verse 90, his instruction to the disciples who were now becoming equippers was go make disciples. He didn't, pardon me, he didn't say, go get them born again and, get, and put them through a membership class. And then that's it. Come on, wave at me. Some of you, well, only about half then. I'm passionate about this, I'm sorry. I'm passionate about this. This is my life. (laughs) We gotta have disciples. If we're gonna fulfill that that transition, if we're gonna go where Brandon's wanting to take take the church, then we need disciples. We need folk involved. Amen. Now, look what he goes on to say in verse 20. He says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? How do you weigh that up? You can't. He says, oh, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What will we give in exchange for salvation? He bore the cross for us Now, we must be our own cross for him. Do you you folk realize what's happening? There's stuff happening. I've been been over here in uh, Statesboro, Georgia, when I came, came over from Africa. I've been here about 20 years or so. And this place has changed. There's stuff happening in Statesboro, Georgia that I never ever imagined would happen. Stuff that's going on, well, let me put it this way. The enemy, you you know we have an adversary, we have an enemy, amen? But the enemy is making disciples. He's got folk that are disciplined in his way that are totally contrary to this word. And they're gaining ground. And my question is, Lord, where's where's your church? Where are your disciples, Lord? 
For greater is he that's in us, folks, than he that's in the world. Guess what? If the, I've learned from the word that if I fight the, faith, the fight of faith, I can't lose. I just got to make a decision to fight. I've got to make a decision that I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to move by what I feel or what I see, what I hear. I'm not going to move. I'm only going to be moved by this word. Is that okay? So discipleship costs. There's a price to discipleship. Verse 27 says, For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he will then repay every man according to his deeds or what he's done. Do you remember the, the parable of the talents? He called his slaves. And he said, the master calls the slave, and he said to the one slave, he said, I'm going to give you five talents. To another, he said, I'm going to give you two talents. To another one, he said, I'm going to give you one. Please respond to me now. Who is the master? Who? Who is the master in this parable? Somebody tell me. Was the Lord. Who were the slaves? Us. To the, one, to the five, he comes back, the master comes back, and he says to the one who had the five talents, he'd made five more. He said, you good and faithful servant. You're good and faithful. To the two, he comes back, he looks, and he made two more. He said, you're good and you're faithful. What did he say to the one? Well, the one said to him, oh, Lord, you know what? I still got your gift. Didn't get to use it. <laughs> but I kept it for you, Lord, because I knew you were a hard man. Now tell me, is the master hard? He said, and you were exactly, you get stuff that you don't even... You didn't even expect. That was a lie. The Lord didn't say to him, just because he kept, he kept his gift. The Lord didn't say to him, come your good and faithful servant. Read it. I didn't write it. Read it. He said, you lazy, wicked servant. Some of the stuff's hard. Some of the stuff's hard for you to see, but it's recorded, folks. It's recorded. So I want to exhort you this morning. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you in this hour that we're together, heed him, listen to him, do something. Don't just blow it away. Ask you these questions. I had to ask myself even now. I said, Lord, am, am I truly denying myself? 
I've sat for, for, for a week, two weeks. Every morning I ask, Lord, I, I really need to know him. Um, is there anything about my life that, I, that I'm, I'm not giving up for you? Have I truly, Lord, picked up my cross? He made it very specific, personal. He said, you have a cross to pick up. I want to know, listen, folks, I want to know that I'm carrying my cross. And above all, I want to follow him. There's nothing more important or valuable to me right now. And I had to come to this place. It's taken years for me to get there. I don't want to follow anything else. To me, it's all about the kingdom. That's what it's about. It's about the kingdom because guess what? That's all that's going to count. Turn to the person next to you. Say, hang in. Come on, hang in, man. He's okay. Things are going to be okay. All right. Things are going to be okay. I'm not beating you up. I'm just trying to exhort you. Disobedience to Jesus and his word is rooted in believers not fully embracing their cross. If you can, if you can get convicted of a truth in God's word or God speaks to you and you push it aside, you fully, you have not really picked your cross up. Because disciples are obedient. Now, I, come on, I haven't arrived. Don't think I'm trying to tell you I've arrived. I have not arrived, folks. I'm still working this thing out. Amen? I'm a whole lot further on than I was a year ago. Because I'm trying to press in and press in, and there's great opposition. You know, when Paul said, I press on to, the, to that high calling in God, to lay hold of that which he's already hold of, hold, got hold of for me. Your master and my master, your Lord and my, last, my Lord has already got hold of stuff that he wants for you, he wants to give to you, but he needs you to press in. Then he'll give it to you. He'll release it to you. And it's glorious. Let's have a look at uh, Luke 14. Turn in your Bibles to Luke 14. Luke 14. Verse 25, he said, Now large crowds were, uh, crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, Yeah, Jesus had a following. How many of you know Jesus had a following? You, you understand, when you, when you start doing the miracles that Christ did, there's folk who are going to follow you. Some follow you for the miracles. 
but others follow you because they witness something in this man, this love and this treasure that's in him, and they want to, they want to be with him. But others want to follow him because of what they can get. Turn to someone and say, that's not me. He said, now large crowds were going along with him and he turned to them, he turns to them. Look what he says to them, folk. He has this large crowd, he turns and he says to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my, my disciple. Disciples should cost you. There's a price to pay. But let me explain to you that word hate. It's not hate as we understand it in the Western world. It's not hate as we understand it. In the ancient world, and especially amongst the Jewish culture, in Arabic, they didn't have a word for like, L-I-K-E. They didn't have a word for like. All they understood was, you love more or you love less. I love him more and I love you less. But I still love you. That's what Jesus was saying. He, these folk understood what he was saying. In fact, if we, if we look in some of the other gospels, we understand where he said, if you love anyone more than me, so the fact is, he's saying here, if you, don't, if you love your father and your mother and your wife and your children and your brothers and the sisters, yes, and even your own life, he said, you can't be my disciple. I've had to make a choice between Christ between God and my family. I come, from a, I come from a family of boys. There's eight, eight of us boys. I had to always look at my wife and get the number right. <laughs> I was the first one to get born again. And I was the second youngest and all my elder brothers, I mean, they started to criticize me. They started to mock me. They started to make fun of me. They started to call me the Pope. So the Popes, when I arrived, they would say it openly in the family gathering. Oh, the Pope's here. And we had a big thing. We would go out on a Sunday, Sunday morning early. We would get all our fishing gear together and go fishing. And I wouldn't join them. And I gave my heart to Christ and I began to serve the Lord. I wouldn't join them on a Sunday morning to go fishing. Because I, I, there, was, there was something that, that I was just more passionate about than fishing, man. And they even had a delegation come around and ask me, what's happened to you, man? You've flipped out. What's wrong with you? And I didn't see them much. 
But there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. I'm, I'm, listen, I am so glad that I paid that price because you guess what? Every time one of my family members got in trouble, guess who they phoned? The Pope. Hallelujah. Okay? So, verse 27, he says, whoever doesn't carry his own cross, see, we have a cross, and come after me, can't be my disciples. Go with me down to verse, um, verse 33. He says, so then none of you can be my disciple if you don't give up all your possessions. Now, he's not saying go give everything. Pardon me. He's not saying to you, go get everything away. But he said, be prepared to. If I, oh, if I ask you to give away anything, give it away. This stuff the Lord's asked me to give away, and I've had... I've, Sometimes I had a little bit of a talk with them and say, Lord, are you sure about this? But I've had to give away uh, stuff that was, that was dear to me, stuff that I, I spent months and months and months trying to get the finances and everything together and I could get it, and eventually when I got it, there was about a time when I bought a whole bunch of, of woodwork machines and I just... Not that I'm much of a carpenter, but I'm quite a nice guy to talk to. And he said, I mean, I, have, I didn't get to make anything on those things but sawdust. And he said, give them away. I gave them away. Was it easy? No. But I knew I had to do it. I've had vehicles. Haven't been very, I mean, wonderful vehicles, but they've been running and what have you. And he said, give it away. I've had to give it away. There's times when I was pastoring back in Africa that he told me, give away a vehicle. And I had to walk to, to church. And it wasn't, wasn't close by. <laughs> Get up a little bit earlier and walk. I'm going to preach that morning. But the Lord gave me a vehicle back. But he, all he wanted to know is, am I, uh, where am I at? Am I, am I prepared to give up for him? He might not ask you to do, give up anything. I don't know. But I know one thing. He wants you to deny yourself. He wants you to pick up your cross. And he wants you to follow him. That's what I do know. Why? Because the word tells me that. Amen? Now, he goes on to say in verse 34, therefore salt is good, but, even, but if even salt has become tasteless, what will you do, will it be, what, with what will it be seasoned? 35, it's useless, he said, either for the soil or for the manure plot. 
He said, listen. He said, throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying, don't even take that salt that's lost its flavor and its taste and it's able to change something. Don't take that, that salt and even throw it on the manure pile. Because I can still use the manure for something, fertilizer. Don't go spoil it. He says, all it does, throw it out and trample it underfoot. Who is the salt of the earth? We are. We're the salt. He wasn't just talking about that table salt, whatever it might be. He's talking about us. We're the salt of the earth. He said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Think of it this way. Think of Connection Church. And I know, come on, I know this is not going to be completely true or this is not the way it is. I want you to imagine. We're all salt. But he said if the salt has lost its flavor, what use is it to me? See, I think this way. <laughs> he said, I've raised you up to affect and seasoned Statesboro. Amen? He said, but if you've lost your flavor, if you, if you lost your saltiness, I can't use you. He said, I've, I've raised you up and I've made you, I've told you you're the salt of the earth because I want to cause effect in Statesboro. I want to cause effect with all the folk that you come into contact with. I want you to season them in with my life. Can someone say amen? amen? This is heavy stuff, but it's, it's in the word. Half the time we try and avoid this kind of stuff, you know. We get there and we turn the page. Now, I know you don't do that, but I've done that. Just one more. I'm trying to look at the time here quickly. There's one more that I just want to read to you. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, it says, Do not, I'm going to read through this, okay, and then we'll close. It said, Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to des destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but the very hairs of your head are numbered. 
Do not fear, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I'll confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Look what he says in verse 35. He said, I came to set a man against his father and, and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father and, or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. I want to, in closing, just to explain to you how this verse 35 works. Verse 35 said, it came, I've come to set a father against a daughter and against a mother and a daughter-in-law against a mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of the household. Remember, I just told you about what happened in my family, how they rejected me. Now, they've, they've got over that. Took, took a few years, number of years, but they've got over that. But what, what God is saying that, he said he, he hasn't, he's not deliberately setting one against the other. What he's saying, he says, when you give up your life for me and you're fully persuaded in your heart and you're going to, Follow me, you've denied yourself, you've taken up your cross, and you're going to follow me. There will be things in your family that will cause conflict if they don't know me. And there are folks sitting here this morning that you've had family conflict. They can't understand because of your stand in Christ. They feel like you've rejected them. But I know in your heart you haven't, you're still praying for them, aren't you? But that's what he was saying. He said, when you decide to follow me completely, you've got to understand that there will be even family members that won't understand. And they'll be against you. And they'll be against that decision you made. But you hold fast. Unmovable, and you follow Christ. Now, I don't know where you're at this morning, but I want to say this to you. If you haven't fully taken up your cross, if you felt like, you know what, I've just been kind of coasting you. Folks, I appreciate everybody that comes on a Sunday morning, no matter which church it is. I appreciate that, and I believe that God will honor that faithfulness there. And for you, if you, if you are involved in a, in a group during the week, that's commendable. That's what you should be doing. But discipleship, folks, is more than two meetings a week. And the call this morning... The call this morning is help. This is the cry of my heart, okay? Let's help Brandon do this transition.
and say, listen, I'm going, to take, I'm going to fully embrace my cross. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to follow Christ and I'm going to get this thing right. We need disciples. The Lord needs disciples, otherwise he would never have said make them. Hello? I want to challenge you this morning. If the Lord's been speaking to your heart and you think, whoa, Holy Spirit's all over me. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling convicted. I know I've been dragging my heels. I need to be doing more. I need to be supporting, more supporting. I want to be a true disciple of the Lord. Now, this morning I called some folk out, but I don't feel led to do that right now. But I tell you what, I do feel led. Don't just let this pass as you go home. Go find a quiet place. Kneel down, and if you feel the Holy Spirit spoken to you, and cry out to God and say, Father, forgive me. I haven't fully decide, denied myself. I've, I, I picked up my cross, Lord, but I laid it down there. Oh, folk, yet listen to me, and I don't mean this in a condemning way, but you've laid your cross down because it got too tough, and you thought, well, I'll just coast. Don't be like that person with one talent and hit it in the ground, amen? God gave you a gift to use. Every gift he gives is not for you, it's for the body. Amen? Let's stand as I speak a blessing over you. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. Folks, will you lift your hands as we say the blessing? And I want you to receive this in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Praise you and I, I pray that you have a victorious week. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.